We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. A couple of individual national champs. Maggie Nichols, Brenda Dow, coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But we'll start... As we always do by thanking you for downloading, listening, and subscribing, regardless of how you consume podcasts, if it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whichever way you do, we've got you covered at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And as always, we love to hear from you. So if there's an athlete you want us to try to interview, if there's a story you want us to dig into, just hit us up. On Twitter, at OU on the air. That's the easiest way to reach Toby, Jess, Megan, and myself. That's at OU on the air. But hey, before we get to Maggie and Brenna, got a lot of football to recap, a little softball to talk about, and some baseball to preview. Let's start on the gridiron, where it ended up being quite a weekend for one Baker Mayfield, as we talked about on Friday's tailgate, Mayfield went number one overall. Soonersports.com had a chance to be there, courtesy of our buddy Mike Houck, and even had a chance to sit down and chat with Bake after he went number one, number one. Um, been a long journey uh, to get here. A lot of work, so when I'm sitting there on the couch, the thoughts run through my head as I start looking around at everybody in the room. They, just a bunch of different people that have been there throughout different stages of my life. From the very beginning, obviously, my immediate family, then the friends and coaches and people that helped shape me when my family wasn't there. And so uh, just it was everybody that, that was a part of the whole process. And so for me, all those emotions and wants, all the memories and thoughts running through my head uh, up to getting a call from John Dorsey was a pretty special moment right there. Dorsey called you. Who else did you talk to? Um, head coach, offensive coordinator, QB coach. Um, 
and Mr. Haslam, the owner. So it was uh, uh, the whole squad that I had been meeting with. What, what were those conversations like? Excited, uh, short and sweet. Tell me, you know, it's just the beginning. Yeah, ready to go to work, and they're, just, they're excited about it. And what are your thoughts about going to Cleveland? The exact same thing. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I said it at the Combine. Uh, I'd love to be that guy to, to help turn them around, and I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be me. It starts in the locker room, starts leadership-wise uh, with your teammates, changing the culture and installing a belief with everybody else. They have all the tools and the pieces. Let's just make it happen now. Any parting message for OU fans? Love you guys. Appreciate your support. I'm sorry you now have to wear orange, but we're all going to go through it together because we're a part of the dog pound now. And in just consuming everything Baker Mayfield that I absolutely could this weekend, there were two quotes that really stood out to me. And one kind of gets you in the feels when you think about his redshirt season. And we talk so much about that offense, that, that, that team they had in practice for that redshirt year for Baker Mayfield. Had what? Mayfield at quarterback. Mark Andrews had Doriel Green Beckham. I mean, it was just... It was absolutely loaded. And Baker, in a radio interview, I believe on Fox Sports Radio, had this to say about how important that redshirt year was for him. The best thing that happened to me throughout this process for the year after I transferred. It was a great year for me to be on the scout team, to learn of going up against uh, great defensive coaches and Coach Mike and Bob Stoops, you know, develop things I needed to with my body and my mind. And then, of course, the always confident Baker talking about now his expectations in Cleveland. I don't know what the plan holds for me, but I've always been one to where I want to get settled in. I want to stay there for a long time. So I'm hoping that we can be the start this class, the start of something new for Cleveland. We can turn it around. What a great weekend, but he wasn't the only Sooner that got drafted. Now, here's one thing. If, if you counted on me in our Friday breakdown of where we thought guys would be going in the draft – I'm sorry. I mean, I really thought I had a good handle on where some of these guys were going. I really had a good feeling about Mark Andrews and Orlando Brown Jr. in the second round of the draft. They ended up sliding to the third, and I was so bent on Oboe being a Pittsburgh Steeler from all of the people I had talked to and hearing about how interested Pittsburgh was. Well, he ended up sliding to the fifth round, but ended up in a good situation with the Los Angeles Rams. So after Baker went number one, number one, Orlando Brown Jr. in the third round to the Ravens, Mark Andrews in the third round to the Ravens, and Oboe slides to the fifth round, but ends up with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, there is that eighth round of the NFL draft. That's what we call the push for undrafted free agents. Here's where everybody ended up. Now, as an undrafted free agent, you get invited to rookie minicamp. Some deals will give you an opportunity to show up and take part in the actual camp whenever it opens. Others are an invitation to try out. But here's where everyone is going. Jeff Bidette is on his way to Minnesota. Emmanuel Beal, the linebacker, will get a chance with the Seattle Seahawks. I was really surprised to see Dimitri Flowers go undrafted, but he lands in a really nice spot with Jeremy Bates as his offensive coordinator with the New York Jets. Wesley Horky on his way to Philadelphia to get a shot as a long snapper, while Devonta Lampkin, who decided to leave early, went undrafted, but was invited to Ravens camp. Stephen Parker on his way out west to hopefully be a teammate of Oba Okronkwo. He's been invited to Rams camp. Jordan Smallwood headed, uh, headed to Kansas City. Jordan Thomas on his way to Philadelphia. And Baker will have a couple of familiar faces with him in Cleveland as both DJ Ward and Eric Wren have been invited 
to Brown's camp. Oklahoma's been pretty consistent with its pipeline to the NFL since 1936. At least one Sooner has been taken in 81 out of 83 years. And since 2000, a total of 87 Sooners have been selected. That's 21 more than the next closest Big 12 program. It'll be fun to follow Bake and the entire draft class and even the undrafted free agents, obviously, in their next step. We wish them well. Can't wait to follow along. All right, what do you say we shift our focus to a couple of national champs? Maggie Nichols is one of the best-known names in gymnastics across the country, and we had a chance to catch up with the all-around national champion, but we started by talking draft. Why not? Was Maggie watching to see where Baker went on Thursday night? Yes, I am a fan for sure. Um, I was watching, like, on my phone a little bit. I was watching, like, his live on there to see, like, his reaction when they announced it. it was pretty cool. It was really exciting. I love the way that they're handling things, too. His team, they're kind of doing the Instagram. They're doing it a little different. They didn't have the camera in their house, and they made it all about family. I, I thought that was really cool, and I'll tie that into yeah. you. Family's what's really important to you, so I want to go back to the regional, Maggie. How awesome was it to be able to qualify for the national championships in Minnesota? What did that mean to you? What was it like being back home? Oh, it was perfect. It was so special for me to compete back home in front of a home crowd. I mean, I had so many family members, um, old teammates, um, Minnesota gyms that all came. The crowd was filled. Um, you know, when someone finished a routine or I finished a routine, the crowd erupted. It was it was something special for me, and it was, it was an honor to compete there. Speaking of uh, competing there, did it add to the pressure at all for you? Because – I'm very envious of how calm, cool, and collected you are. There's really not much that seems to bother you. But was there any different feeling being back home like that? Um, yeah, I think it definitely added some pressure just because there's a lot of people cheering, people yelling like my name and stuff. It definitely added some pressure. But usually when I go out and compete, I can really get dialed in and really just focus on what I'm doing. Like it feels like it's just me when I'm competing. So I don't know. I don't really know how I do that exactly, but um, it just felt, felt, it felt okay. I'm curious about the balance, and we talked to K.J. Kindler about this. You win an individual all-around national champion, Maggie. It's an incredible accomplishment. I mean, Thank you. Yes. So then how do you balance (laughs) that with the expectations for your team and then kind of putting that on the back burner and then having to turn around and be even better the next night? What's that like mentally for you? What's that like physically for you? Yeah, well – Throughout the whole year and preseason, um, we're really just focused on the team and the team the team goal and striving to achieve the national championship as a team. So during that prelims day, um, it's really just about qualifying into the Super Six and hitting routines like you do in training, trying to hit your best routines. Um, you're not really focused on the individual events or event titles. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was super exciting to win that all around and um, – after I won it, I kind of just tried to get stay dialed in and really, you know, recover for the next day for the team final and, you know, do even better than I did the first day. How different is that from what you've experienced in gymnastics your whole career? How, di- how much of an adjustment is that through your first two years of college from what basically in an individual sport, Maggie, was all about yeah. you for the longest time? Yeah. Um, it's just so exciting to be part of a team. Uh, there's nothing like it, you know, competing with a team. It's so much different than competing alone, just because after every single routine, you have your whole team running to give you a high five and hugs. And 
I mean, we put in all the hard work in the gym together, and we grow so close as sisters and as family. Like, our coaches are so close to us. So going out there and being able to compete with them together to win something together, it just means so much, and it's so special. How cool was Monday for you at the Sooner Choice Awards? Jessica Cootie was on with us earlier, and she was kind of mm-hmm. laying out that moment whenever – uh, you were introduced to the crowd and how everyone just really gave you an incredible applause. What was that like for you personally? Oh, it was amazing. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting such an amazing, um, such an amazing night. It was, it was incredible, especially because it was uh, like my close teammates and, you know, uh, people that go to my school. It was, it was really cool. And, um, you know, the video that they played was something special and, and it was just really special just because there's a lot of people from my school and um, coaches, and it was just really special. It was awesome. How freeing has this year been for you? How how what? Sorry. Freeing. In other words, where there's been so much that you've had to hold in, Maggie, and you let it all out this year, how freeing has this been? How almost burden-lifting has this year been for you? Yeah, it's definitely been a hard year, but it's been a great year as well. I've grown a lot as a person, and you know, I feel like a lot of weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I feel a lot more strong, stronger mentally and physically, and it's just been amazing to have a lot of love and support from my family and teammates and coaches and so many other people. It's been it's been great. What has KJ Kindler meant to you during this process? I can't even describe it. She's meant the world. Um, she's really been like a mother figure to me throughout this whole process. I mean, she can always tell when something's not right. She'd, you know, call me, text me, or... Um, I don't know. She's just, I can't even describe it. She's just so amazing. And I can't thank her enough for everything that she's done for me. She's, she's incredible. You know, it it was kind of cool last year. Everyone came in and and we were celebrating a national championship. I wanted to do it again this year because I think there's so much to celebrate. But what (laughs) what I learned more is just how cool the entire staff is. I mean, you had Chase helping out this year, but in Coach Ball and in Coach Haley, you know, obviously the head coach gets talked about a lot and understandably so, but Maggie, this is a pretty incredible support staff that this team has mm-hmm. as a whole with its coaching staff. Yes, I agree. I think we have the best coaching staff in the nation. <laughs> um, <laughs> not going to be light about that, but Tom and Lou are amazing. They are incredible inside the gym, but also incredible outside of the gym. They you know, joke around with us, and but they're also very serious with us. But we just have great relationships with them um, as people and as as teens. So it's it's great to have them. You know, obviously, Maggie, there's a lot of excitement for your junior season coming up. How long term do you think? Are you a year to year person, or do you set your goals for five to ten years down the road? <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of like to do do both, like short term goals, long term goals. Right now, I'm just focusing on my short-term goals and, you know, taking it one day at a time to, you know, grow as a person and, and as a gymnast. Well, so I'm curious. I'm glad you said I'm, I'm the same way, but of course I'm 40. You're like not even 20 yet. <laughs> but <laughs> what are the long-term goals for Maggie Nichols? When you think beyond Oklahoma and you get that degree, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years from now? That's hard. I don't, I don't really know exactly right now. Um, I have a few things that I want to do. Um, I want to be a sports broadcaster for like major sports, like the NBA and NFL, like major goals. Um, that'd be incredible. That'd be super cool. Um, but also I'm, I've been thinking about, you know, maybe going into coaching like college gymnastics just because of how much I love the sport of gymnastics and I just have a passion for it and I don't think I can let it go. So 
those are kind of like my goals. You should broadcast gymnastics then, man. There's a whole world out there for you. I mean, look at Meg McDonald, <laughs> for goodness sakes. Hey, yeah. so I- I'm curious. Uh, I'm sure you get asked this a lot. From what your opinion was of college gymnastics before you decided to, I don't even know if the term would be retire from the world of the of the Olympic qualifications and, yeah. and that elite level, and then whenever you decided to go to the college level, from what your opinion was before you came to college to what it is now, how much has it changed? In other words, was your perception of what college gymnastics was going to be about on point, or has it surprised you? Um. I mean, I I think I had a pretty good idea just because I went to some college meets and I was friends with a lot of girls that were on college teams and stuff, but it's so much better than what I thought it was. It's it's so incredible and it's so special to be part of such an incredible team. And, um, you know, you just grow so close with your teammates. So it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's so amazing to be part of a college team. The one thing that's kind of caught me by surprise are the crowds and not you know that you, you get big crowds or that there's there's a lot of people there but I'm, I'm always surprised by how loud they are because in my mind I've always viewed gymnastics as uh, be <laughs> quiet so she can focus but can you take us through what that energy when you're in the LNC I went to your final home meet and I thought AJ yeah. Jackson's final floor routine was amazing it was one of those emotional moments for a senior mm-hmm. that had been there but what kind of difference does that energy in the arena make for you guys? It makes it so much more fun. I think the crowd really gets into all of our routines. And um, gymnastics is such a cool sport. So I think everyone's like in woe, like when they're watching it and everyone gets so into it. And it's just so cool that after you finish a routine, like when the whole crowd is standing and cheering, it's, it gives you a lot of energy and motivation. It's super cool. All right. Awesome. So I asked long term and we realize that you're angling to take all of our jobs. So let's go short term here, Maggie, as we let you go. Uh, What's the biggest area you want to improve in this offseason going forward for Maggie Nichols, the gymnast? Yeah. Um, well, I've really been thinking about it since we finished Nationals. Um, you know, I just want to get as strong as I can physically. I want to get all my gymnastics to get a little bit better, cleaner, you know, more powerful, more consistent. You know, I, you know, after, you know, coming up a little bit short as a team, um, you know, I really just want to win the next national championship as a team and the next two. So, um, you know, those, those are my goals right now. Maggie Nichols is special. Can't wait to watch her the next two seasons as a OU women's gymnastics standout. And we've got another year of Brenna Dow, who obviously was excited about the individual championship and even though down by not winning the overall national championship, still felt great about her team's effort. Uh, competing at Super 6 was such a great experience. It was really cool to go up there with this team one last time because we're about to lose a really great group of seniors. But we went out there. We left it all on the floor. I mean, we had a great meet. We scored 198 for, I think, the 10th time, which was a record for us and I think for the NCAA. So it was great to go out there, just compete with the team one more time and Honestly, we could have no regrets because we had a great meet. Yeah, you mentioned it. I, I guess I, it didn't even register with me uh, how much you guys were losing from a senior perspective, both in uh, Stephanie and in uh, Natalie Brown, AJ Jackson, Samantha as well. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a team that, uh, boy, you, you guys got some some holes to fill next year, don't you? Yeah, for sure. The senior class has been great leaders to all of us. Um, it's been really cool to be able to train with them for three years and just have them as leaders. And we're definitely going to miss them next year. But KJ's done a good job recruiting, so we have some new girls coming in next year. And I know that there's a lot of girls on the team who 
have been working really hard behind the scenes. You may not see them on the floor, but they're hoping to make lineups next year just to continue to work hard and contribute. Take me through how someone from Odessa, Missouri, which if I understand is just outside of Kansas City, right? Yeah. Okay. How do you end up from Odessa, Missouri, finding your way to Norman, Oklahoma, and helping to build what's become a mecca for women's gymnastics? Yeah, well, I started gymnastics when I was really little at a club um, in Blue Springs, Missouri, and so I've done gymnastics there for a really long time, and uh, KJ was recruiting me, and I had an old teammate who was at Oklahoma at the time, and she told me nothing but good things about it, so... When it came down to choosing where I wanted to go, Oklahoma just seemed the right fit. It was interesting. I had a chance to talk to Alex Marks, and she got Mm -hmm. into gymnastics because her dad wanted her to be an OU cheerleader, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) So as a a youngster, what what drove you? What got you into cheerleading? Or or what got you into gymnastics? (laughs) Um, When I was – I have two older sisters, and they both wanted to learn about handspring for cheerleading. And my mom felt bad that she hadn't, like, put them in classes earlier. So she took them to that Cansford Clinic at Gage. And at the same time, she enrolled me in one of those parent-taught classes. And I just fell in love with it. Like, there was no way I was ever going to stop doing gymnastics once I started it when I was little. I just loved doing it. I loved flipping around. And I had energy all the time. So it was just a great fit and just stuck with it. You know, I think uh, some of my favorite moments during not just the Super Six, but also in in the path to get there, are the celebrations that you have with your coaches. But was there mm-hmm. a more hilarious moment when who was it, Natalie, or was it Nico? Who, whenever they jumped off the beam, they went to celebrate with KJ and they couldn't find her. Oh yeah, that was Nico. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, we were for sure laughing at that. Oh my gosh, how how hard was it? Because there's no shame, as we mentioned, in national runner-up. But how hard was it knowing the goals and how you guys had put up a number worthy and and obviously fitting of a champion? What was that night like? Whenever you saw UCLA put up the perfect ten and realizing that you had just come up short. You know that night was kind of tough. We ended. After vault, we had one more rotation. Like, we'd had a great meet so far, and we were like, man, we just got to go hit bars, and we have a pretty good chance at winning this thing. And UCLA came out their last two rotations and just competed lights out. They got a 49-6 on bars and 49-7-5 on beams. Those are two phenomenal rotations, and UCLA is an incredible team. And we came out, and we did our job on bars. We had a good rotation, and then we finished, and they had a couple beam routines left, and it's kind of tough counting the scores because they like counted a fall, so they were like six tenths behind us, and so it, the scores were all janky. <laughs> but then they had there's one more score, and we were all trying to figure out the math to see like if we had clinched it or if it was close. And then we saw that ten go up, and that was definitely a tough one. It was really really close to be like less than half a tenth away was tough but we knew that we left it all out on the floor okay you just used the term janky you became my favorite person maybe in the history of this show um brennan are are you preparing yourself to do the all-around next year what's kind of your thought process i know that you you appeared in all 15 meets this year you did the vault the Mm -hmm. bars and the floor in all meets i i think i was actually at a couple of the events that you had exhibitioned on the beam so is that kind of where you see your role going forward yeah, I'm really hoping to get on beam next year. I was working really hard during the season this year just to, you know, build my consistency. And the beam lineup is always so deep, so it's one of the hardest ones to crack. And so I made sure KJ always has a few, like, pressure routines and everything. So I kept working hard, and I knew that 
if I keep working, then hopefully I can make it next year. That's you, one of my biggest goals. So. Uh, oh, that well, do you, you led right in my next question. So if that goal is the is the all around for next year, the team goals stay the same, don't they? You guys want to go win a national championship. Yeah, for sure. That's one of our biggest goals next year. Is to, you know, after being runner up this year, to go out like my senior year with a bang to get my second national championship. That would be incredible, and just to you know keep working hard and. Do what's best for the team. So I, my first kind of introduction to Brenna Dow was watching you compete to uh, for a spot in the Olympic squad, and I'll never forget pulling so hard and hoping you got that opportunity. What did you learn from that experience in 2016? I definitely took a lot from that experience and just from competing elite in general. It taught me so many lessons, and like it toughened me up a lot because the culture in elite is a lot different than the culture here. But just it was such an honor to compete at Olympic trials with all those girls, with Simone and Allie, and just, I look up to them, and it's, you really learn a lot training right next to them, their work ethic, and their, like, dedication, and it's, it was such a cool experience. So, uh, I'll let you go on two more quick ones. First, we, we had talked to Maggie a little bit about this, and I know you brought up the all-around, but where is the area where you personally want to see the biggest improvement in Brenda Dow, the gymnast, over the next uh, couple of months before you guys get back in the gym? One of the things I really need to work on is just being more detail-oriented in the gym, just really dialing in those landings and the handstands on bars, and just especially on beam, I want to work on like getting my form better so that I actually can track that lineup. And then, uh, secondly, and I'll let you go on this, I love the energy inside the Lloyd Noble Center, and I want to see it continue to grow. I know Coach has mm-hmm. attendance goals. I know you guys want to have that place rocking. Can you take us through – what that does for you guys as gymnasts, as competitors, whenever you have that loud crowd and they're into it and they're behind you? Having that loud crowd is incredible. We went to a few away meets where the stadium was packed and just the energy in there was, like, unreal. So if we could have the LNC bumping as much as some some of those other arenas, it would be magical. Brenda Dow, Maggie Nichols, incredible combo that will be back for another season with K.J. Kindler and this Sooners women's gymnastics team, which, again, will be among the favorites to potentially come home with a national championship. All right, I promised a little softball and baseball. Obviously, baseball needing a bounce back. They've got Kansas State at home this weekend. The Wildcats have been struggling. If there is ever any cure for what ails you in college baseball right now, a three-game series against Kansas State might be exactly what the Sooners need after a tough three-game skid against Oklahoma State. Meanwhile, just down the street, At Merida Hines Field, the Sooners will play not only their last home series of the season, but their last three regular season games after some breathtaking wins over Texas this weekend. The Sooners are one win away from an outright Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State. So if the Sooners just win one of the three games against Oklahoma State, they'll win their seventh straight Big 12 championship. They've already clinched a tie for the Big 12 title. We'll be keeping an eye on Kelsey Arnold and her tender hamstring, which she aggravated on Friday night and did not play Saturday or Sunday against Texas. But we expect to see the senior captain back on Wednesday night when the Sooners take on Oklahoma State. Two more games at home, and we'll head to Stillwater on Friday as Oklahoma wraps up the softball season against Oklahoma State. Well, thanks so much for downloading, subscribing, and listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with Jess and Meg. Can't wait to see what they have cooking. And then on Friday, Toby Rowland will join us. We'll recap the first game 
first two games, like no, first game, pardon me, it's Wednesday night, the first game of the OU-OSU softball series, and we'll get you ready for Oklahoma-Kansas State in baseball. Until then, everyone have a great week, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.